want to go ahead and make mention uh, that uh, as of right now, uh, I am Tommy Lanning, and uh, we are doing simultaneous uh, services right here at Pleasant Grove Baptist Church. Uh, got our good friend Josh Boyd here uh, at the uh, Laurel Baptist Church, Laurel Chapel Baptist Church, and uh, <clears throat> he's pastoring over there in Madison County. And so, want to say a good hello to the Laurel Chapel Baptist Church. And so, so honored that he would ask us to deliver a message. So, we're going to do uh, both at the same time. So, both of us, Pleasant Grove Baptist Church and Laurel Chapel, will get to enjoy this message <clears throat> that the Lord's laid on my heart. And so I hope you guys will be encouraged by this. So uh, I know it's been a crazy week already. Uh, for me, the past couple days have all seemed like Mondays, but hey, that's all right. The Lord is still good. Uh, but we're going to jump in here tonight. We're going to skip the, the songs and different things. We sung quite a few uh, last service with my family, and we're going to go ahead and skip the songs, and I want to get straight into the Word and the, the thought that the Lord has given me. So that being said, things a little different. I know I say that all the time, but things are a little different today because um, I've got so much stuff that the Lord has just seemed like just flooded me this this past week with all this stuff that I want to try to give it to you the best I know how. And so we're going to do more of like a Bible study type of uh, situation here. I just want to walk through a lot of this uh, chapter and verses here uh, in the book of John and in the book of Matthew and just talk about what God has shown me and try to be a blessing and encouragement to your heart. So I know that there is a lot of prayer requests and as everybody's getting on here this Wednesday evening, uh, I know the family is probably around and enjoying the, the service uh, together, and so I'm grateful for that church. I love you. I appreciate you guys uh, being faithful, uh, being faithful to the church, being faithful to the Lord and the Holy Ghost, and so uh, we're going to go ahead, like I said, jump right into it, but uh, you pray after the service. Make sure we remember those prayer requests. I hope Miss Angie's doing better. I know she was sick uh, last week, and our last service we had mentioned that, and then uh, make sure we pray for our shut-in. Make sure we pray for our country and our church. Definitely make sure you pray for all of us here. Uh, pray for me as your pastor and uh, also pray for Brother Josh as, as the pastor there at Laurel Chapel. So, um, <clears throat> so we got a lot to pray about these days and so we're grateful for the Lord and being able to come to Him uh, in prayer and supplication. We're going to go ahead and pray. We'll get, we'll get right into the message and go from there. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the kindness and the grace that you've shown us each and every day. Lord, I pray that you would bless right now. Lord, I pray that you touch this message. God, I pray that you give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech to deliver it. Lord, in the way you've, you've presented it to me. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord, encourage our hearts. God, give us something that we need, Lord, to make it through the rest of the week. And God, we love you so much, Lord. We're so grateful for all the blessings that you show us each and every day. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just have the glory and the honor for everything that's said and done here this evening. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter number 12, but also turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 26. So we'll be, uh, we'll be in both. We'll be flip-flopping around, I'm sure, uh, but we're going to start in John chapter number 12, all right? So I'm going to read John chapter 12, and we're just going to go through this short passage and all the stuff that is just packed in here, and then we'll probably flip on over to, uh, to Matthew chapter 26, and we'll go, uh, go on into the message from there. So uh, the Bible says here in verse number 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, 
where Lazarus, which, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there they made, a, they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that had sat at the table with him. Now, let me make note real quick, uh, just for uh, a little bit of funniness here. Uh, I want us to notice that this is the second meal, I believe, that the Bible records that Jesus is with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Uh, but this time, Mary didn't fuss, not one little bit. Uh, Mary fussed, or Martha fussed at the last service uh, that they had together and that meal about how Mary wasn't helping out. But this time Martha is, is a little bit quieter. Uh, she, she's not fussing. The Lord's already set her straight. Gives me hope and promise that, you know, down the road I can learn my lessons. Amen. So we'll go on. <clears throat> but it says in verse 3, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but that he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. Then it says in verse number 8, For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. That's where I'm going to stop here. And uh, I want to begin by kind of talking about how much stuff is, is in this one, uh, this one story, this one bit of timeline in history and how... What happens here is the Lord comes into Bethany. He goes to see his good friends, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And, and we see that in the story, in what actually happened, we see the Lord coming to some friend's house, and he's going to have some supper. He's in the house, what Matthew calls the house of Simon the leper, and, and they're just enjoying a meal together. Martha's doing what she needs to do. She's doing her job and she's in there and she's cooking and she's serving and, and she's being faithful. She's not griping and complaining anymore and, and she's just trying to be a blessing. And then you see that Mary comes in and Mary has some things that she needs to do for the Lord. And so she comes in and she's got a pound of ointment. And, and as she, uh, the Bible even expresses here that it is very costly. And then later on down here, you see how Judas Iscariot put a price on this. And he said that it was about 300 pence. Well, a pence was the average day's wage back in these times. So 300 days worth of work, almost a year's worth of pay, uh, a year's salary for somebody for them to purchase this ointment. Another thing that I want to note is that this ointment came uh, from more than likely came from around India, which means it had to be shipped in. It was specially made. It was the best there was. Uh, this ointment was also, I'm going to give you this real quick. This ointment was also the same type of ointment that they used in burial. And so there's a lot to that. And so we see that uh, most people like us today, we would take and prepare ourselves for the burial and, and our burial plots and our gravestones and all those things, all the cost that, it, that is in that, <clears throat> they, would, they would save up for years 
to be able to afford this so that they had a proper burial. And so, so there is a lot in here and in that, that whole fact that she even opened up that ointment that I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But we see that they, the Lord has been made a supper here. And, and he's, he's here with uh, Mary and, and Martha and Lazarus and, and they're enjoying some supper. And Mary comes in and she does something that is just what I want to call tonight extravagant. She does something that is just absolutely amazing, and she does something that no one else sh- that would typically do. It's something that was outlandish or insane for somebody to use that much, a pound of ointment, uh, for one anointing. And so, But she's doing something here that I want to talk about. So we see that this gift was a remarkable gift. She used this whole pound of spikenard. And Mary's gift was remarkable also because it was unselfconscious. Not only did she give the gift of the expensive oil, but she also wiped his feet with her hair. She takes and wipes his feet with her hair, and this means that she let down her hair in public. She let down her hair, and that's something that the Jewish women rarely, if ever, would ever do. And so we see that as she lets down her hair, most people would say, Today, that's appalling. Like, why would she even do that? Because you're not supposed to do that. But she's showing her submissiveness. She's showing her heart and her humility to the Lord. All right? We see that Judas Iscariot, the one who would betray Jesus, uh, in a short time, Judas would betray him, and, and, and his betrayal is so much darker in contrast to this in the fact that his betrayal is about to take place. He's already planning it. But yet you see Mary coming on the scene and doing something so selfless that it makes his betrayal even more the dark. Uh, we see that no doubt uh, Judas objects to Mary's gift because he was convicted over this situation, over this simple and powerful display of her love for the Lord. And this also is the only place in the New Testament where Judas is mentioned doing something evil other than his betrayal of Jesus. It's also the only place that you see that Jesus sh- or that Judas shows his true colors. Uh, so Judas teaches us that our outward appearance can be deceptive. That many people have religious uh, facade that hides secret sins. And that the Bible talks about how uh, that one day your sins will find you out. Uh, Judas shows his true colors here. Hey, Lord, why would you sell this? We could have sold this for 300 pence and given it to the poor. Well, again, the Bible says here in John 12, he held the bag. He was a thief. Who knows how much pence after pence that he would take out for his own personal use. He sold the Lord out for 30 pieces of silver. And so, we, again, he shows his true colors. So why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300, for 300 pence? Judas has a, a sharp sense of financial values here, uh, but no appreciation for what God valued in this situation. Jo- Judas sees that, that all he sees is that there is a monetary value placed on this ointment, and the Lord said, hey, he said, let her alone. Let her alone. So she has done this, the Bible said, for the day of my burial. Now, again, don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but Mary knew something, I believe, that the disciples didn't even understand. She knew that Jesus was going to die. 
She knew by listening to the words that Jesus had said. Now, let me go ahead and get into this. We'll, we'll turn over to Matthew chapter number 25, the latter part of Matthew chapter 25. And uh, uh, we see that the Bible talks about here, when the Son of Man shall come, uh, verse, chapter 25, verse 31. Sorry, I didn't mention that. Uh, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations. And He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And He shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, uh, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. From the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee the unhungered, and fed thee, and or thirsty, and gave thee drink? Now, they're asking, when did we do all this stuff for you? He goes on, and he said, the king shall, or it said, or uh, verse 40, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of, of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now we're going to skip down just a little bit. Verse number 45. Then shall he answer, he says, And those who, uh, that he turns away, he's going to say, you, you, When I was hungry, you didn't give me food. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. And he goes on, he says, verse 45, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it or not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Then these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into, or into life eternal. Okay? The Lord makes a prophetic statement here. So the Lord is prophesying the, 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 the judgment of Christ. He's prophesying that, that great throne of judgment there. So you have the great white throne of judgment. You have the judgment seat of Christ. You have the fact that the two, the sheep and the goats are being divided. Those that, that love the Lord and accepted Him are the sheep. Those that didn't are the goats. And, and those that did right by the Lord, he, they fed Him. They, they gave Him drink. They, they, they did everything they needed to do. Those are the ones that are going to live eternally in heaven. And the other ones are going to live, like the Bible says, in everlasting punishment. He makes a prophetical statement. All right. So then we get into chapter 26. The correlation here, we see the beginning of chapter 26, or actually starts around verse number 6, but, uh, and then John chapter 12, the same story. Okay. So getting into Matthew chapter 26. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. And the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. All right? He's making a prophetical statement here, or a, 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 a priestly statement here. Okay? So he's going on, and, and he's talking about how the Son of Man is going to be crucified. And it, um, it goes on to say, They then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtility, and kill him, but they said not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. This was the celebration of the Passover. 
the, the, the beginning of it, the feast day, where they celebrate the great exodus out of Egypt and bondage, and, and they celebrate the fact that the Lord came in and he, uh, he, he brought the death angel with him and he said that if you'll take and you'll put the blood of a perfect lamb, of a lamb on the, the doorpost and the lintel, and he said, if you'll do that, he said, when, when I come through with the death angel, he said, I will pass over you. Now, what I thought for years, Brother Josh, was that he was saying that he was going to, um, he was, he was going to go by the house. That's what I had assumed. But the Bible says that he said, I will pass over you in full protection from the death angel. In full protection where the Bible says that he says, so if the Lord's going to pass over us, it's almost like the Lord says, I'm going to, I thought that he would say, I'm going to direct the death angel away from you. No, the death angel came through the house and the Lord passed over him and said, hey, not them. And he was there with us through the whole time, which shows proof in the fact that he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, that we have the Holy Ghost abiding in our heart. Praise be to God that he, he said he passed over us. Amen. And, and he, was, he was there with us the whole time. And so he said, hey, look, there's the blood, there's my people. And he goes in and, and he protects us from death, the Passover. One of the greatest and the first great things that happened to the children of Israel. That they, they still to this day celebrate the Passover. It's, it's one of the biggest days in Jewish culture. And so we're knocking on the door of the Passover right here. The, the couple days and it's going to be the feast and they're going to start celebrating. And, and everybody's supposed to be there. Everybody's supposed to not eat any, any leavened bread. They're supposed to make sure that they follow certain rules and criteria. And even though there's so many different things that they're supposed to do and it's supposed to be in line in the perfect way, in the perfect style, uh, there's still such joy in the Passover. You know why? Because that's when salvation came through. That's when salvation came through to Egypt, uh, through Egypt, and saved God's people. And so we celebrate one of the most gruesome displays of love that you'll ever hear about, and the fact that Jesus was beaten in all points like unto man, uh, that that he was beaten uh, in so many ways that you couldn't even visibly tell he was a man, and and so he he was. He was beaten and he was marred and he was, he was mocked and he was spit upon and, and, and his body was ravaged and his beard was plucked out and the crown of thorns on his head and, and he offered himself as a gruesome sacrifice, a lamb slain uh, before, before uh, all the world and, and he offers himself up and we glory in that. It doesn't, make, it doesn't sound right, but when you think about the death angel coming through, during that Passover, and there was so much death. There was so much death of the firstborn of every household. So much death through Israel or through Egypt. And, and they glory in that, just like we glory in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, again, so he's made a prophetical statement. He's made a priestly statement. And then it goes on to verse number 6. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany... Same place, in the house of Simon, the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. All right. 
So let's talk about this for a second. We see in John chapter 12 that he was anointed by his feet. We see in Matthew chapter 26 that he was anointed on his head. Now, I believe personally both things happen. It's the same, same account, same story. We can tell that by just the time of the year and the Passover coming up and, and, and all this other stuff. And so we can tell it's the same story but two different accounts. And so Matthew records it as a Jewish, as Jewish history. And he records it in the, this, these particulars of, that, would really, that would really make the, the ears of the Jews start to perk up. Hey, you, they anointed his head? Well, why would, that, why would anointing someone's head make them, make them perk up and listen up? Why is that so important? Let me tell you. So remember uh, Pleasant Grove when we were in our services a couple weeks ago and I was speaking about how Saul was anointed king and Saul was a wicked king and God didn't want Saul to be king. God wanted them to have him as king. But he gave the people what they wanted and so he sent Samuel out to anoint Saul as king. And so, again, this same ointment that is being used to anoint the Lord is the same type of ointment that they use to anoint as king. And so as the Lord walks into the house, there's some customary things that take place. Typically, when somebody in the Jewish culture comes into your house, you anoint their head with a little oil. And it, and it, gives, a, it gives a sweet savor. Uh, all through the house, they know, hey, someone special's here, okay? And then, and then not only that, but they also kiss them on the cheek. They, they, they welcome them in. They show their gratitude for them showing up. I know that there was a day in my life when the anointed one came into my heart that I was so happy. I was, I was welcoming him into my soul, and I'm glad that I did. And so I let him in the house, amen? And so we get to this point where where we see not only do they kiss them on the cheek, but also they also wash their feet. And then they one more thing I think that is neat, they'll take, and if they drink from a glass, they'll take and they'll break the glass, just like Mary broke the alabaster box, and they, 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 they break the glass so that that cup is never used by anyone else lesser, because he's important to them. It wasn't, it wasn't a shame thing. It was to show the importance and what you mean to us by coming to our home. And so Mary's showing so much gratitude, so much uh, uh, reverence here for the Lord, doing all this that she's doing. So again, getting back to the fact that his head was anointed. We see that as the Lord's head is anointed, when, when we're talking about how Saul was anointed king, Saul was anointed king by the prophet priest. God had moved after Eli and his sons had done so much wickedness that Eli was the, was the priest and there was a prophet that would come around and, and the prophet would do this and would do that. And, and, and so we got to the point now where the Lord said, Hey Samuel, you're going to be my prophet priest. Everything is going to go through you. Nothing else. You're going to do the sacrifices. You're going to do the speaking for me. You're going to do it all. Well, we have the Lord here presenting himself as a prophet, priest. And then we have him 
as, as Samuel goes and, and Saul messes up and doesn't do what the Lord says and, and Samuel, God says, go down uh, to the house of Jesse. I've got a man there, boy, that I want you to anoint him as king. And so he goes down and he finally finds David and he anoints David as king. And we know that the Lord came through David. Woo. Amen. So we get to this point where now we're, we're to the point where Jesus is being anointed. So he's anointed with oil. So we have the prophet, the priest, and then we have the king. We flip over back over to, to uh, John chapter 12 and said that Mary had a pound of ointment, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. So now we see that this ointment was also not just the same ointment that you anointed the head with when you're, when you're anointing somebody to be king, but it's also the same ointment like I said earlier, that you would prepare for your burial. I believe that Mary knew that there was something going on, that she was listening intently to the Lord. The Lord even makes a statement here about how the disciples had no clue about the things that Jesus was saying that, that hadn't been opened up to them yet. Afterwards, after his death, they realized all these things that he prophesied came to came truth how he was talking about how he would uh, tear down the temple and he would rebuild it in three days talking about how there would be judgment and just here in Matthew chapter 25 about how uh, this king now the Lord's talking through this whole thing and he's saying the king uh, will sit down on his throne and and he'll separate the sheep from the goats and and he'll do this and he'll do that and and they had no clue but Mary knew something was going on and Mary took everything that she had this ointment, this spike nerd, and she poured it out on his feet. Now, another customary thing in the Jewish tradition is they didn't eat at a table like we would. They would eat with the table very low to the floor, and they would recline. And so it goes on to say here about, uh, about Lazarus. Let's see. So John chapter 12, it says, it says that uh, he came to Bethany where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And, and it said, but, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. What they would do is they would sit on the floor or they would lay down and recline and they would... The, the, the top of the table would be very close to their face. And so they wouldn't have very far to go because they didn't necessarily always use like utensils. And so a lot of times what they would do is they would, you know, have their bread and they would sop it in whatever soup or juice or whatever and they would eat it that way. And, and so they were very close so they didn't like mess up their clothes and all that. A whole lot neater than what I am when I eat. And so they, they're, they're down close. Now, that makes it relevant in the fact that as Jesus is laying their enjoying his meal then we see mary coming in and she gets down in a lowly state she gets at his feet just like ruth gets at the feet of boaz there in the threshing floor and she gets down at his feet and she's saying uh she gets down there she uh she offers up everything she has to the lord she lets down her hair and she wipes the feet off and she's washing his feet and she's doing what they should have done when he came through the door they, they, she's doing what they should have done what we should be doing in our day to day life and giving him the place that he deserves showing him how grateful we are that he's even in the house 
And so we get to this point where finally she's washing her feet and everybody else, no doubt, is looking around, Brother Josh, and they're looking around and they're thinking, why is she doing this? What is going on here? And Mary, with a broken heart, hearing what the Lord has to say. Again, we're, we're here in Matthew chapter number 26, hearing what the Lord has to say. Giving up everything that she has, a year's worth of salary. You know, eight hours of work in a day is very important to me. I put eight hours in work, sometimes more, and it's important that at the end of the week, when I get paid, I get paid everything that, that I, I, I was promised. But then start adding in the fact that not only is it eight hours a day, it's 300 hours worth of work. Or 300 days worth of work. And so 300 days, a year's nearly worth of work that somebody has put in the blood, the sweat, the tears, that is everything to them. We all have to have monetary uh, investments. We all have to have something to, to, to survive in this world. We have to buy groceries. We have to pay the, deal, the bills. We have to work. We have to have a way to get around. We do these things, and, and it's kind of necessity but she gave everything that she had to the Lord. You know why? Because he was more important. Continuing on here, Matthew chapter 20, 26. <clears throat> so she, she poured it out on his head as he sat at meat, sat down to eat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. Now here it claims it's the disciples. John tells us that it was Judas. Maybe some of the disciples maybe had the same face. Maybe they might have spoke up a little bit, but I believe it was Judas that was the wicked one. But they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. So now we have the prophet, the priest, the king, in the house with a man that he had just raised from the dead not too long ago. No doubt Lazarus sitting there and, and maybe the Lord and him were talking, hey, how was Abraham? Oh, Lord, he was good. He was, he was happy as could be. I am, brother, I'm about to go nuts. Lazarus sitting there talking to Jesus and saying, he said, how's, how's David? Oh, he told me to tell you, hey. He said, he said how's, a, how's, how's Elisha? How's, how's all these men, these saints that have gone on? He said, man, they, they miss you, Lord. He said, they miss you. And the Lord said, you know what? I miss them too. I miss him too. And then all of a sudden the Lord's felt the Lord smells something real sweet. And the Lord, the Lord gets to the point where he's he's sitting there, he's talking to Lazarus, and everything's going fine. And and and, he, and he's sitting there, and then not only does he smell something sweet, something different than the food that's in front of his face, but then he feels something moist and wet on his feet, and he begins to look down, and there's Mary. Do you realize that in Mary's life, every time you hear of her, she is sitting at the feet of Jesus. The first time she's there and and she needs some help from Jesus, and, and she She's learning at his feet. And that's why 
Martha comes up to begin with and she's frustrated because she's doing all the work and Mary's doing nothing. But Mary is sitting here learning at the feet of Jesus. And then the second time you see her, you see her at the feet of Jesus after Lazarus has died. And, and she's sitting here and she's needing some help from the Lord because she's just had a great loss. And the Bible even says, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept because this was his friend. This was his friend that he loved. These were the people that he was probably the closest to on this earth. He, he spent time with them. And so we see that, that she's at his feet begging God to do something and now... She's here again at his feet. And as she's at his feet here, she's showing her reverence. She's giving him everything she needs. Now understand, I believe the Lord was anointed king right here. It was when John the Baptist was, Jesus did things different than, than what happened and what took place back in uh, the Old Testament times. He did things a little different. It was when John the Baptist uh, uh, baptized him that the Holy Spirit descended down on him like a dove. And now we got Mary Magdalene and she's or Mary, she's sitting here and she's anointing his head in picture of him being the, the king of her life. And then we see her anointing his feet in preparation for burial. And then we also see Mary another place. We see Mary at the tomb. It said that other Mary. And so she's at the tomb. And the Bible talks about how the angel Lord comes down and he rolls the stone away and they fall to their feet. And then all of a sudden, they're sitting there and they're, they're, they're crying, they're upset, and the Lord begins to talk. He says, what, what's troubling you? And they turn around and it's Him. It's Jesus. Always at His feet. You know what? That's where I want to be. I want to be at the feet of Jesus. Mary here is showing us the way we should live our lives. The way we should present ourselves to the Lord. The fact that we should get, give everything to Him. Let aside all the, all the prophetical statements and all the prophetical things that took place in this whole passage of Scripture. Mary's shown us how we as Christians today should treat our Savior. We should make Him the most important man in the house. And if He's inside your heart, He should be the most important man in your life. Completely got all off my message. I'm going to continue on just this way because I feel like the Lord's heading that direction. And so we get to this point where now the prophet, the priest, the king, the burial, he's preparing for the burial, again, in the house of Lazarus, who's already been dead, and he, he raised from the dead, but Jesus himself is preparing. And it says, let's see, John chapter 12, skipping back over here again. John chapter 12, Jesus, six days before the Passover, what was the reason What was the reason why they needed to get Jesus down off the cross? Because, hey, we're about ready to go into this important time. And so, hey, we're, we're about ready to go through this, this thing, and we can't leave him up there. Pilate, please let us go and take him down and get him in the grave. Let us, let us do this. Let us do it quickly. And so he did. We're six days. We're just a few days shy of the Lord being crucified. It's not it's just another chapter away that we see the Lord. No, it's in this chapter, chapter 12. In verse number 12, on the next day, much people there, there were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. 
And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, set thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, uh, behold, the king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not the, his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, when remembered they that, they that these things were written of him, that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave, and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause, the people also met him, for they heard that, that he had done this miracle. Okay, so it goes on. But again, so they're crying, Hosanna, King of kings, Lord of lords, King of Israel, putting in palm fronds. This is, this is his first entry into Jerusalem when he comes in the first time as a lamb. And the next time... When he comes back again, he's going to come in like a lion. He's going to come in and there's going to be destruction. He's going to, he's going to destroy everything. He's going to set up his kingdom. And so we see here that God, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Again, he was just anointed. His burial. He's with this man Lazarus who was dead and now is alive. And he showed that he had the power over death. And shortly he's going to show as he's coming in as king. He's going to show that he's got power over death and hell and the grave and everything else. And so we see all this prophetical things that are going on here. I want to, real quickly, and I'm almost done, I promise, I've, I've been so long already. We see, number one, the expense of her uh, worship was extravagant. We see, as we, um, as we look in her, in her life, we see that, that she's, She's give this gift to the Lord. We see that her expression of her worship was extravagant. In, Christ, in Christ's day, there was not very many displays of extravagant gifts like this. It's not like we have today. If you were sitting here and you heard that somebody paid $40 million for a home, you think, how worth, how, why are you giving that much? You, you hear today somebody paying $200,000 for a car. That's amazing. It's, absolute, it's extravagant. It means it's, it's almost overboard. Most of the time when you hear the word extravagant, it's a negative application. But in this situation, it's a good thing. Her extravagance, her extravagance was showing her expression of her worship. And then we also see the, the enlargement of her worship was extravagant. We see that, uh, last of all, in conclusion, we see when Mary broke that box and poured out that ointment on the head of the Lord, the Bible says the, says the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Now, the disciples looked at it and Judas said, this is worth 300 pence, Lord, this is a waste. You know what a sacrifice is? Sacrifice is something that's, that's worth something, that you give and it's destroyed. It's completely, it's completely poured out. So you take this extravagant oil and it's completely poured out. What happened to the majority of that ointment? That pound of spikenard, what happened to it? Probably ended up falling down on the ground. And if it was uh, conducive to the, to the time period and the way the houses were built, it was probably a dirt floor. And so they were sitting here and this ointment just spills out onto the dirt floor. Soaked up by the, by the ground. And 
the disciples say, Lord, this was a waste. We could have, we could have given this to the poor. We could, have, we could have done so much with this. Why? What's the waste? Well, we see that her, her gift, even though it was wasted, we see that it, it filled the house. Not only did it fill the house, I would dare say that it probably ended up filling up the rest of the, uh, of the area outside. I'm sure as people begin to walk up towards the house, they could probably, hey, what is that smell? That smells amazing. Oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Well, let me tell you this. In our lives, the society that we live in today looks at us and says, what a waste. Why are you using your talents there at church? You could, you could make millions of dollars. Well, you don't see the value of what we're doing here. You don't see what it's worth to us to give ourselves to the Lord. Are you calling what you do things that maybe the Lord impresses on your heart to do? Lord, that'd be a waste. I can't do that. Lord, that'd be, I, I just can't waste something. I can't sacrifice something for so little to not get anything back in return. That's unlike, that's uncommon today. You have to get a return on your investment. Well, she gave it all. She gave everything she had. My goodness, we would do well to heed the example of Mary in our lives. See, the Lord is worshipped by His people in spirit and in truth. It would be hard to keep quiet if the fragrance of our worship was in the house and was filling the house and, and, and follow us out to a lost and dying world, the fragrance that we were emitting from the, from the, from the Holy Ghost uh, embedded in our hearts and our souls was to get out anywhere and you was to see what the Holy Ghost could do with that waste, it probably change your mind. Friend, it honors the Lord when His people express their love with extravagant worship. Has the vessel of your life been broken for the Lord. Remember I said that they would break the cup of the visitor. And they would break it so no one lesser would ever use it because he was so important to them. Have you broken your life? Have you broken your vessel? And give it to Jesus. He said, you know what? I, I don't want to be used by anyone else. I want to be used by you. That's the question. Church, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Uh, Tuning in, I appreciate your time. And Laurel Chapel, I appreciate you guys as well. I hope this message was an encouragement to you. And I pray that God would do something. Now, I want us all to get together and I want us to pray with our families. I want us to get down and, and, and go through those prayer requests that we've mentioned week after week. And Laurel Chapel, you do the same thing. Get down and pray and ask God to do something. Beg God to help your family. Beg God to help your church. Beg God to help your preacher. And pray that God does, does great things, but give Him the glory. That's all we have this evening. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for what you've done. God, I bless your holy name. And I thank you, Lord, for the good word that we received tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, church.